HVAC 360, episode number 68, Thermostat Operation and Thermal Comfort. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. HVAC 360 is a podcast that covers everything concerning HVAC, from the people to uh, the topics, um, talking about engineering, commissioning, uh, construction, building operation, what have you. Uh, those are the topics that we like to cover. Sometimes we get real technical. Uh, sometimes we get really basic. And, and that's, in fact, what we're going to be doing today. We're going to get real basic uh, for a, sp- a couple of specific things. Uh, two topics in particular uh, in related topics. We have thermostat operation and we have thermal comfort. Now, before I get into those topics, I'd like to thank our sponsor. I uh, really appreciate the Building Commissioning Association getting behind HVAC 360 and supporting the cause here. Uh, we're all in favor of education, trying to make uh, sure that the built environment is a pl- better place every day. Um, if you're involved in the building commissioning aspect, and I, obviously that's, that's, that's the, uh, the uh, angle that I'm coming from, um, that's, you know, that's, that's my day job is uh, the Building Commissioning Association is really the place to be. Uh, They have a lot of great webinars that go on uh, in the fall and the spring. Uh, Looking forward to those. Uh, Obviously, in the spring, they also have the uh, National Conference on Building Commissioning. Uh, That's something that you can always look forward to. I mean, if you you think about a one-stop shop for your uh, commissioning education and your networking, that's definitely the place to go. Uh, go and meet people, go and network, go and see the different vendors that they have there. Uh, really a, a, a great opportunity. So where can you find all this information? Just go to the website. Uh, it's bcxa.org. That's bcxa.org. And that will have all the information. Uh, if you're so inclined, sign up and become a member. Uh, if you were looking for certifications, obviously it's a CCP. Um, that's personally one of the certifications that I haven't gotten yet and that I look forward to getting in the near future. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I've had plenty of certifications, but that's just that's just one that I want to kind of, you know, wrap up my certifications with as far as commissioning goes. I really, really, I really want that one. Um, so that's one that I have yet to take. And uh, so, again, thanks to the BCA, uh, the Building Commissioning Association, for sponsoring HVAC 360. So let's talk about thermostat operation. Now I know most of you have a pretty good working knowledge of how a thermostat works, but I wanted to be able to say, you know, hey, there are times when you're trying to explain this to an owner or whether you're trying to explain it to a user's group or even, you know, I mean, sometimes even maintenance staff don't really fully understand how a thermostat uh, and how that operation works. So I wanted to come up with some sort of, you know, visual analogy of how a thermostat works. And I come up with the analogy of a tug of war. So in a tug of war, you have two teams that are fighting, you know, are pulling against each other uh, to get a flag that's kind of in the middle of the rope. Um, so the way I kind of set it up was like this. You have one team would be a robot, and that would represent your HVAC equipment. And it would do as, as, as you kind of command it. Um, the set point is going to be a red flag in the middle of this long white rope. And on either side of that, uh, you're going to have two black markings, and that's going to represent kind of the dead band uh, of, of the, the operation. 
And the opposing team to your robot is going to be um, some sort of, uh, you know, elemental creature. So you got like fire creatures or ice, ice creatures, depending on what kind of outside air, te- you know, outside air conditions that you have. So in the beginning, before you start uh, the competition, uh, you have the robot and you kind of say, okay, you know what? Your job is to pull the rope until you get to the uh, the red flag, the set point. Uh, and uh, you keep pulling until you get to the red flag. And then when you get to the red flag, you can stop. Uh, but if you ever cross the black marking again, if, you, if, you, if, you're, uh, if the rope slides out of your hands and it crosses the black marking, then you are to activate again and you are to start pulling towards that uh, red, uh, red flag again, that set point. Um, so you're you're firing ice creatures, you know, they're just going to be, you know, out there to 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 kind of wreak havoc and try to try to win the competition. So in your in your con- cooling scenario, you have your robot and it has it has its uh has its orders. So it pulls and pulls and pulls and pulls and pulls and eventually it'll reach that red flag, that set point, and then it'll go into its sleep mode. And while it's in its sleep mode, you're going to have the, the red fire creatures. You know, we're talking about, you know, cooling conditions. So you have, you know, summer operating uh, temperatures and you have the fire outside. So it's really hot outside. Um, so your fire creatures are pulling the rope back and all of a sudden you cross that black marking, which is your dead band set point. And the robot wakes up and then it starts pulling towards the red flag and the set point. You kind of have this kind of this back and forth kind of thing that keeps going on and on. Now, this is kind of not just a kind of a once in a while kind of deal. This is kind of constant every day. And uh, there's a couple of different things that you can kind of uh, modify into it or kind of get the understanding of it. If you have a condition where it's your design day and you've, you've, you've kind of bought your robot and you've constructed your robot to operate during that design day, that design competition, um, you know, it's going to work and it's going to reach that set point and it's can, can continually go between, you know, the dead band and the set point um, going back and forth. And it'll do a great job and it'll be doing it at an appropriate speed. Um, but some cases it's, you know, since this is an everyday kind of competition, uh, some cases you're not going to have that many fire creatures on, on the one end. It's not going to be that hot. Uh, and you're going to reach that set point more quickly. And then you're going to go back to the dead band and then you're going to activate it. You activate your robot and it's going to go back to that, uh, that red flag and that set point. Um, and there's going to be other cases where it's going to be above design conditions, uh, and your your robot may struggle to actually reach that red flag. It it may never even do it. And in fact, in the in the worst case scenarios, and you'd really don't like to tell the the owner this, um, is that uh, you're you're actually you're never going to reach that red flag. You're never going to reach your set point, and it's going to kind of continually drift away until the uh, the sun goes down and all the fire creatures go go back to sleep. Um, to which your kind of natural reaction is, well, you know what? I'm going to build this giant robot uh, to uh, to do all my cooling for me, and uh, you know we'll reach that set point. Well, you know that doesn't do any you any good anyway, um, because not only is that going to be an expensive robot, but that robot is going to have to, you know, as soon as it wakes up, it's going to reach that flag real quick, and then it's going to go to sleep. And it's going to wake up and go to sleep. And that's like the cycling of your equipment. And that just, you know, that wreaks havoc on your cooling system as well. Kind of, you know, reaching that 
cooling set point too quickly. Uh, not only is that going to be cycling, but you know the 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 real world effect is that you don't have that constant dehumidification that you really want. So it's it's going to be cold and clammy as the the kind of conditions that you get uh, when your system is oversized, and that's really what. Uh, what you don't want. You want a, a you know appropriately appropriately sized robot. So you get the the, uh, the other condition. Sometimes you know you, you're you're pulling all day and you're reaching that set point, um, and then the uh, you know the fire creatures go okay you know what I'm uh, you know it's 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 five o'clock time to go home. But what you don't realize is that you know there's going to be ice creatures on the other side kind of pulling that set point, you know right past you, and then. It goes into a cool or a heating mode because it's getting too cold, and you need to heat up the building. And when it heats, heat reaches reaches that other set point, that other dead band set point, um, it's gonna have it's gonna it's gonna want to heat. But in some some scenarios, uh, it's gonna be like, well, you know what? I've been programmed not to heat you know, during, during the summertime, or I don't have any heat to give. And the set point is going to continually drift away in the other direction and it's going to get colder and colder. And that's the scenario you have in some cases where you have equipment and there's no heating coil and you end up subcooling the space and you, you, there's nothing you can do, uh, but you know, subcool the space. So, but in a lot of cases you have that reheat, reheat coil, that reheat capability, um, and then you, your robot can, you know, oh, I'm going into heating mode, and he turns around and he starts, you know, pulling towards the set point in the other direction, and then you get that, the, uh, you know, the back and forth between the, uh, the set point, that red flag, and the, uh, the black markings uh, for the dead band going back and forth. So that's kind of my analogy that I've kind of put together. Hopefully that wasn't too convoluted of an uh, uh, analogy, but I, I just thought it would be kind of, you know, that, that kind of description where you're, you're, pulling, uh, uh, you know, you're pulling towards a, uh, a common set point um, and kind of letting it drift for a little bit and then hitting that dead band and, and, and start pulling again, um, you know, taking a rest there. Uh, periodically and and the fact that you know you have different sizes uh you know different sizes of equipment for the robots you have different sizes of your competition for your you know fire creatures or ice creatures and sometimes you know i mean that that's the reality that sometimes uh you're not going to be able to satisfy people 100% of the time but ultimately you know when you're a design engineer and you're HVAC thermal comfort is is really what you want to be uh, you know, focusing on and, and really you achieve that through the operation of the thermostat. So thermal comfort. Let's talk a little bit about thermal comfort. That's the second half of this, uh, this two-part conundrum. Uh, so uh, thermal comfort, we talk about uh, typically when you mention thermal comfort in ASHRAE circles, you're going to end up with uh, ASHRAE standard 55, which is uh, thermal comfort uh, standard. But I, I didn't have it on hand, so I went to my handy-dandy uh, ASHRAE uh, books and checked out the fundamentals. Uh, this one, particularly the fundamentals, uh, 2009 edition, Chapter 9 on Thermal Comfort. And, you know, I, I kind of uh, – let me read you a little bit about uh, – uh, <laughs> read you a little bit about uh, – from the chapter about human regulation – and it says here that you know skin temperature greater than 113 degrees or less than 64.5 degrees, and this is degrees Fahrenheit, uh, causes pain, uh, which is uh, you know 
I'm just pointing this out of uh, uh, you know the text here, but it's interesting. 64.5 degrees. Um, you realize that most cooling actually gets discharged out of the HVAC at 55 degrees. So realize that when you have uh, situations where you have uh, air blowing directly on people, uh, it's very uncomfortable. I, I get that scenario all the time uh, when I'm in a car and I have the air conditioning on. I mean, sometimes I'm you know really hot and I'm you know the air conditioning feels good, but if it blows, you know, if I'm if I get comfortable and then it still continues to blow on me. Uh, it's going to be very, uh, very uncomfortable. It makes me achy uh, when that happens. So realistically, you know, from the studies, 64.5 degrees Fahrenheit is, is kind of the, the lower end of, of the, the threshold of pain. Um, you know, basically skin temperatures associated with, the, with comfort at sedentary activities are between 91.5 degrees and 93.5 degrees um, that will de- decrease and increase with activity. Another uh, little uh, tidbit of information here. Thermal uh, temperature regulation center in the brain is about 98.2 degrees. Uh, and I thought that was uh, the, the interesting part was that, uh, you know, it turns up, uh, it uh, cranks up to 99.3 degrees Fahrenheit uh, when you're walking and 102 or 100.2 degrees Fahrenheit when you are jogging, which is kind of uh, never one thing that I never really thought about before is that, you know, you talk about like the runner's high and things like that. If you, if you actually get a different perspective uh, or your, your brain starts thinking in different ways uh, when it heats up with activity, um, you know, obviously if you're sitting at a desk, it has a, a single temperature, but when you start walking or when you start jogging, the temperature of your brain goes up, so it may react differently. Um, I kind of I was thinking about, and this is kind of way off topic, but you, you think about a fever and you have a higher fever and you start to hallucinate. But if you if your brain starts operating at a higher temperature, hmm, it's just one of those things that made me think. You know, from from reading the fundamentals, which is very very technical, um, I just had to uh, kind of uh, you know put that into uh, perspective a little bit. So. The one thing the, about Chapter 9 and the one thing that I wanted to focus on is that uh, you, you know from ASHRAE 55 that you're never going to satisfy everybody. You get, you get your 80% is really what you kind of want to uh, shoot for before you have to actually take you know, uh, some sort of um, remedial action in any sort of the, uh, the satisfaction surveys. And really, you, you, the one thing that you've seen, and I'll put this in the show notes, is, is the, uh, the chart. Um, basically, the ASHRAE Summer and Winter Comfort Zones. It's uh, actually figure five here, but um, I will uh, put a link to the, the show notes. And if, if you have never seen this, it's kind of interesting. You, you, you get the, identif- uh, the, um, at the operating temperature on the, uh, the x-axis, and that's, so that's the degrees Fahrenheit. And then you have the kind of... Uh, you have the relative humidity lines, and you'll have these comfort zones depending on your clothes. Uh, now, ASHRAE has, of course, or not ASHRAE per se, but you know the people researching the comfort, uh, the thermal comfort, they came up with a um, kind of a, a variable called a CLO, and that's C-L-O. A CLO actually describes how much clothing uh, that you have on, and obviously in, in different parts of the uh, um, uh, Fundamentals Handbook, you have your different CLO ratings. And, and if I, I would say uh, if you had a CLO of 0.5, one example uh, that they have, let's say, 
uh, if you had trousers and a short sleeve shirt, that would be a Clow rating of 0.57. However, if, uh, if you were to have trousers, a long sleeve shirt, uh, a long sleeve sweater, and a t-shirt, uh, there would be a Clow rating of 1.01. Now, I think the one thing to uh, kind of deduce from this is that, obviously, if the, more, the higher the Clow rating, the more clothes that you have on. And uh, in general, uh, when you're t- taking a look at, say, a, a office scenario, you know that men and women dress differently. Um, they def- definitely have a uh, a different clow rating range. I mean, typically in an office, if you have uh, you, you know a tie, uh, some sort of dress code that has a tie and a long sleeve shirt uh, and pants, that's going to have a different clow rating than um, women that that women that may wear a, a you know a blouse or a thin dress or some sort of uh, a skirt. So that definitely plays into uh, the fact of, of, of the different comfort ranges of the different people uh, that are going to be working in an office environment or wherever environment they have. Um, so that is uh, one thing about uh, thermal comfort that uh, is, uh, is interesting. And uh, hopefully that kind of explains a little bit of maybe about what a CLO is and the uh, ASHRAE 55 and uh, where you can find it in the ASHRAE Fundamentals. So, all right. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I just wanted to get something out. I've been uh, kind of busy as of late uh, going to different projects and working out of town and uh, with uh, actually had a vacation. Uh, and actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is one of the other things I was going to say. You know, thermal regulation, uh, because I went camping. Um, and one of the things about thermal regulation is that uh, the campfire is a really great kind of uh, another analogy of, of thermal comfort uh, and kind of the, the adjustments. Um, because obviously you have a, a heat source in the middle of a, a, a ring of people, um, in this case. And uh, depending on what you're wearing, it might be, you know, the fire might be too hot, too cold. So you end up kind of modifying your distance uh, from the fire uh, by backing up or, or moving forward or maybe, put, maybe putting on a, you know, a sweatshirt or something like that. Uh, so you, you can kind of regulate your own, uh, your own temperatures. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, again, you can either, you know, uh, you know, change the distance from the heat source or you can adjust, adjust your clow rating to kind of get you in that thermal comfort zone. Now, I know that the, a lot of people, um, you know, when you talk about sustainability, um, I've heard it uh, said that you can actually, if you have fresh air, if you smell fresh air, you can actually have uh, a higher tolerance uh, for a, um, a higher temperature and, uh, you know, slightly higher humidity um, if you have that uh, you know, fresh air sense which I thought was, you know, it's very interesting. A lot of this, you know, is a little bit psychological uh, when you think about it. Um, and uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, fascinating as- as- aspects of the thermal comfort topic. So, again, I hope this uh, helps a little bit, uh, at least a different way of looking at things, uh, whether it be thermostat operation or thermal comfort. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. 
And uh, if you like the episode, uh, pass it on. I appreciate it. That's probably the best way that you can do if you like the episode or if you like what uh, you're hearing here. Uh, you can also let me know via iTunes. I appreciate those, any sort of uh, uh, ratings that you can give uh, or comments. That always helps uh, be, you know, helps the uh, podcast become more popular and gets it uh, a higher uh, higher attention. Uh, in uh, the iTunes Music Store, I appreciate that. Um, also, if you have a uh, any sort of comments, if you thought this was kind of uh, you know off your rocker, or uh, <laughs> you you would appreciate some other direction, please let me know. You can always reach me at matt at buildingx.co. Or if you have um, uh, other show, show suggestions, comments, um, opinions, you can uh, you can uh, find me there. Uh, check it out at the uh, check out the blog at buildingx.co. Uh, if you want to follow me at Twitter, it's at buildingx. And on LinkedIn, I always like to uh, uh, kind of connect with those people, uh, those people who are listening to the podcast. And I'm at Matt Nelson PE on LinkedIn. So that's all for this week. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks to the Building Commissioning Association again for sponsoring this podcast and as always remember know what you build and share what you know